Hello, welcome back to the Four Elements. I'm Mr. Boomerang. And I'm Firelook. And today we are going to be doing a fun little episode. Uh, before we do our big uh, theory episode next week, we will be just doing a little fun episode called Our Top 15 Water Tribe Characters. So we will be doing these episodes for each nation uh, around this time in our in the point as when we're breaking down the nation um we're sorry we haven't uh recorded an episode in a few weeks obviously uh we just school starting off uh big busy schedules anyway we're here now we're back and we're planning on um continuing to record so let's just jump right in to our top 15 water tribe characters so um this first segment is going to be dedicated to the whole water tribe family from avatar the last airbender including sokka katara hakoda kaya kyle legend of korra tanrock so all of those people you know are, are part of this family so that is what our first segment of this episode is going to be based on all right Let's get into it. Our first one is Sokka. Sokka is an extremely great character. You know, he's 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 much more than just a uh, comic relief. He's a warrior. He's a true fighter. He has the heart of a hero. Very passionate. Um, he you know he was tasked with protecting the tribe when Hakoda left and he did a good job with that obviously some of his weaknesses he can be he's not a very as in a lot of scenarios he's not a very optimistic character at all and that a lot of times leads to team avatar's demise um sometimes it works to their advantage like in the episode jet where um katara pretty much has a, a huge crush on jet and you know Sokka sees what a jerk jet is and you know he stops jet from blowing off this huge village so sometimes uh i mean i mean Sokka is not very optimistic and that helps team avatar but sometimes it, it really doesn't help them so with that said he still is an amazing character you know, he learned, he, in each book, we see him master the non-bending style of each nation. I feel like there's this very subtle vibe there. Um, in, in, in book one, he sort of mastered the, you know, the water tribe style of non-bending, a lot of uh, strategy, a lot of skill, very swift, fluid mo- mo- movements. Then when we mo- moved on to Earth, he was more of a straightforward fighter. He learned how to fight, you know, hand to hand more. I, I, I feel like, um, of course, this whole time using his boomerang. And then in book three, he uh, learned from the master Pian Dao, uh, the art of the sword, and that that was all one of his main uh, points in character development for fighting, and you know, his confidence overall too. So. Um, Sokka really was an amazing character. He really uh, offered a whole bunch to the series. So uh, with that said, we are going to be moving on to Katara. Uh, why don't you break her down, um, Fire Lord Balrog? Okay, so next we have Katara, 
who has a very interesting character arc and bending evolution. Her bending goes from very beginning, where we first hear bending the fish out of the water. And near the end of the series, I believe we see her freeze um, Azula inside an entire box of ice and literally fights her inside the ice cube. And then for a character arc, she's always been very traumatized by her mother's death ever since, you know, she was a child. And around the middle of the series, she goes to find her mother's killer with Zuko, basically. That's a great point in her arc. She was about to kill that guy, and then she just kind of let go of those ice shards. Mm. But great point in her arc. Yeah, I thought that was very interesting. Okay, so next one, I believe we have Lakota. Yes. So for Hakoda, he's, you know, a great character in Avatar, The Last Airbender. He is an amazing fighter. Um, I feel like he taught Sokka a lot of what he knows. Um, it would be great if we could see, like, some sort of Avatar Studios project of a younger Hakoda, because then we could even see more of his fighting potential. I bet he was even better when he was younger kind of like iroh how i want to see iroh fight a little bit when he was younger he was probably even better but um anyway hakoda was a great fighter he uh mentored Sokka a lot he um helped he, he he was a lot of the time he was mostly in charge of the invasion against the fire nation on the day of black sun he was very loyal to the Water Tribe, he um, was a great, passionate, and fun character. Um, And, you know, he just really offered a lot to the series. And he, you know, kept fighting even when, you know, even when he was hurt, even when, you know, it didn't seem like it. Um, He sacrificed everything to go off and fight the war. Back when Sokka and Katara were younger, he, he left his tribe and he, with uh, everyone else, almost everyone else at least, and went on the ships and, you know, fought for the Earth Kingdom and, you know, fought against the Fire Nation. So I really think he's a great, loyal character, um, very, very nice guy, and I, I really actually want to see more content about Hakoda. We didn't, he, we've seen a lot of him, but we just haven't seen a lot of backstory to him in his younger years, so I, I want to see if that ever happens. Um, the next, the next one in our top fifteen water tribe characters is Kaya um, from Avatar: The Last Airbender, Katara's mom. Um, take it away, uh, you know, Firelord okay. Balrogs. Take it away. So Kaya, we only see a little bit of. But when we do see her, she's very courageous because she literally sacrifices her life to save her daughter, which is very amazing. And I'm not sure if she was a waterbender, but I'm pretty sure she was not because she doesn't show much resistance or fighting skills. Well, in the in the in the TV show. Yes, I'm pretty sure she is classified as a non-bender. Yeah, but. Other than that, I don't feel like we see her very much, so I'm not really sure what else to say. Yeah. Yep, you pretty much said there all is to say about Kaya, um, Katara's deceased mom. She's a very courageous 
She was amazing. She sacrificed her life for Katara. She was passionate, and she was a very, she was very clever. She was very clever when she per- got purposely captured by the Fire Nation. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's just an amazing character. Even if we didn't get to see uh, a lot of her, so from Kaya to Kaya. <laughs> Our next, our next Kaya on this list is from the Legend of Korra. Um, we know the the sister of Tenzin and Bumi. Um, Kaya is a great character. She has the um, patience, wit, and uh, bending amazingness of Tenzin, and the um, you know charm, uh, funniness, and comic relief of Bumi all combined into one person. She's, you know, just kind of in between, right? And she learned from the master herself, Katara. Um, she can heal. She On multiple occasions, she's healed uh, characters, like when Janora got trapped in the spirit world. And, you know, she's just very passionate. We see she, when Zaheer, um, you know, infiltrated uh, an air temple where, everyone else was she she fought Zaheer with so much passion it was amazing that's one of my favorite scenes for Kaya in the Legend of Korra and yeah she's just a great character she offers a lot to the series and she's very passionate funny and she's a great and an amazing waterbender so that that's Kaya in the Legend of Korra from from Kaya to Kaya so our next one is Tonrock, the father of Korra and the brother of Unalak. Um, just go to your thing, Fire Lord Walrock. Okay, so Tonrock we actually see quite a bit of in the Legend of Korra series. It starts out, I think, ever since the first episode, where it shows, you know, them at their hut and Katara, uh, Korra, sorry. I don't know why I have Katara in mind. Um... Well, Korra training a lot. And he also helped save Korra's life probably multiple occasions from ever since when she went into the ice storm and saw Naga, her polar bear dog, and, um, you know, fighting Zakir and the Red Lotus when they tried to kidnap her. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um... I'm just going to add a little side note here. I'm actually creating a um, a book, a short fan fiction about, you know, a short fan fiction about Tonrock and how everyone, Tonrock and Tenzin and all those other folks, how they stopped the Red Lotus from kidnapping Korra for the first time, uh, which we never got to see. So um, I'm working on that fan fiction. Uh, once I'm done, I might consider having it published. So that's just a little sneak peek at something that I might create in the future. Um, keep going, Firelord Balrog. Okay, so he's shown in many very amazing fight scenes. Um, going from his second fight with the Red Lotus, I believe. And let's see, I don't remember much about the series. It's been a while. But I believe... Maybe he fought his brother in a lock, but I'm not exactly sure about that. Yes. Yes. Uh, at the end of season two, 
he had a big battle with Unalak. Obviously, Unalak, I think, I mean, I love Tanrock, but I'm just going to state the truth here. Unalak is a superior waterbender to Tanrock, even though Tanrock is uh, very good at more head-on style of waterbending. Uh, Unalak was very strategic and good at keeping uh, Tanrock on the run, but he fought Unalak with so much passion, and once he discovered that Unalak was moving his troops into the Southern Water Tribe. So yes, that did happen, but um, that's, yes, that's definitely one of the examples of uh, a great fight scene from Tanrock. Okay, so next up we have Kurok. Yeah, yep, Kurok, and Kurok was the uh, water avatar before Kyoshi, and at first glance he seemed pretty lazy, laid back, stuck up, annoying. Um, but uh, underneath, uh, once. When re- when we I finished reading both of the Kiyoshi novels, we really got some insight into what a great avatar he was and how many sacrifices he made. He was so dedicated to his avatarhood that he fought spirits until he died. <laughs> like, that is how to be an avatar. Now, it might not have been the most smartest way to handle things by battling spirits and and putting the world into an era of chaos. But the intentions were amazing. Like just to think that he could fight like evil spirits until he died at the ripe old age of drum roll, please. 33. He died at 33. Yeah. Very sad. Uh, very, very, uh, too young to die. Anyway, obviously, Kuruk at first glance seems very lazy, but, um, he's really just a great avatar, uh, seeing the fact that he fought, would fight, fought evil spirits until he died at the age of 33. So, um, our next one is Amon. Now, Amon is a very spooky villain. But uh, um, he still is a great character. So, um, Fire Lord Balrog, please break that down for us. You know, just break that good okay. old character down. So, Amon was, I believe, the second Bloodbender we see in both series. Yes. And he's very, very, very scary at first. He has like this black and white mask and he's basically leading a revolution inside the middle of Republican city, which is very, yeah, hard. (laughs) Is that very hard to do, especially with, you know, the metal bending police all around the city and everything. He does show most of his fighting obviously contains blood bending. Um, we don't really see him do much regular water bending. I think we mostly just see him doing blood bending and you know taking away people's powers, which is very very scary. Yes. I think he he does that multiple occasions, and I think he even does it to Korra, which is yep. crazy. Yep. End of season one. Yeah. Does it to Korra? Spoiler alert. Very sorry if if you have not watched the entire series of The Legend of Korra yet. We apologize, but this is what you're really asking for when you go on 
this kind of podcast. Okay. Amon is very highly trained and skilled waterbender. And he even finds a way to blood bend people's, like, um, bending away from them, which is very yep. scary. And as I said earlier, just now, um, he even does it to Avatar Court, which is, I find really profound and crazy. Yeah. she's literally the Avatar. And you can kind of imagine like how bad would things would have gone if she hadn't recovered back her bending but you know like who knows maybe it could have been an avatar cycle without bending that would have been horrible yep that would have been very bad very very bad anyway luckily he is defeated and he's revealed as a bender in front of all his non-bender you know protesters and supporters revolutionaries yeah so yeah that's how the story ends yep but um and then we see after that though we see a little bit glance of himself when um he was looking forward to quote unquote the good old days before his father abused him and his brother um and then you know his brother just kind of realized that this bloodbending bloodline had to be ended. And it was just a very emotional moment here. And, you know, he, he blows up the boat that both of them were on and it's pretty sad ending. Like, like I, I was tearing up. It was, it was, it was just heartbreaking. Anyway, uh, moving on to better things here. We're, uh, we have UA. Uh, Princess Yue was a, a citizen of the Northern Water Tribe. She was a princess. Um, first, she seemed kind of shallow, you know. Um, she was Sokka's love interest, and she, she was pretty, like, damsel in distress kind of feeling. You know, oh, Sokka, I miss you so much. Oh, my goodness. I'm so... Da, 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 da. Anyway... Her true colors show uh, at the end of season one of Avatar, The Last Airbender, when she sacrifices herself to save the moon and save the moon spirit when Zhao uh, kills the fish that embodies the moon. And um, this was just a really amazing moment. Uh, She's a great character, sacrificed herself, and uh, now she is the moon. You know, just, yeah, that's amazing. Another, a lot of Water Tribe characters here, I'm saying subtle vibe that everyone, a lot of Water Tribe characters sacrifice themselves. We we got Kaya, we got Tanrock, you know, we got um, Katara when she sacrificed herself to the Fire Nation for Aang, to find Aang. And And then we got Yue who sacrificed herself to be the moon. Anyway... Our next one is Atuat, who is the, um, you know, doc, like water, water bending doctor from uh, the Kyoshi novels. So, um, you know, dive right into this uh, Fire Lord Balrog. Okay, so Atuat is first seen in the second book of the Kyoshi novels, um, Shadow of Kyoshi, which starts off 
pretty rough at first. You see her battling these people in, I think it's Boston City, Boston City. And eventually she gets to a point where she gets to Fire Nation capital. And all of a sudden Yun appears and after, like during all this royal stuff madness, he also just like causes a huge mess of things. Yeah. And even tries to kill um people were betrayed, people were killed, people yeah. were injured, the palace was nearly destroyed. Yeah. And he even tried to kill um Hayran, which luckily Ashwat appeared and saved her with her water bending powers. And and, and then he saved a bunch of uh, a bunch of Fire Nation guards. Yeah. And so she's she's at when he first see her, she seems very stubborn. And we later it tells us how she basically chooses who lives or dies, which is kind of interesting. But otherwise <laughs> she's a very, very important and fascinating character and saves lots of people, which is pretty amazing. Yep. Yep, very very passionate, strong person, and she teaches Kiyoshi her waterbending technique to heal people and save people, so that was pretty great. Our next one is like a little pair from Legend of Korra, Desna and Eska. They are the, yes, the, the, the one and only Desna and Eska, the goth twins, the daughters of Unalak, um, the emo princesses, uh, uh, the emo waterbending pre- princesses of the Northern Water Tribe. Um, Bolin uh, is in a short-term relationship with Eska, which quickly turns into abuse. Um, you know, Bolin gets abused pretty much. Um, you know, Eska tries to force him to get married, but eventually, you know, under big circumstances at Harmonic Convergence, then they'd realize this new profound kind of love, and then it's all over the place, really. A lot of stuff in season two was like this, I'm gonna be honest, but, um, eventually they were like, oh, let's, let's, you know, let's be in love, let's be GFBF, and then after Harmonic Convergence ended, and the world was saved literally by Avatar Korra. They realized that it was just circumstance, and you know they really weren't meant to be. Then, yeah, and of course Bolin and Eska—they're still friends, but like they—you know—they weren't—they weren't GFBF anymore. So, meanwhile, Desna—we don't really get to see Desna a lot. Uh, she's just kind of this uh, other goth twin. Um, uh, I, I, I've just had this random detail pop in my head that um, Desna sleeps in the tub. I think it was a moment in season four of Legend of Korra where, like, where they booked a, a room with only one bed with the two twins. And, and, and the, the guy was like, this is a huge mistake. And then Eska was like, that is no mistake. Desna sleeps in the tub. <laughs> anyway, uh, Desna is this other you know other emo twin we don't get to see a lot of her but she's just kind of she just she's just very um very very emo jk this whole time 
I've been messed up. I I've messed up her pronouns. She is a boy. I mean, he is a boy. Um, I remember in that first. I'm I'm totally like Bolin. In that first scene, I feel so bad. He was like, it, it's so pretty, and there's like, it whoops. That that was a whoopsie. But other than that, I think that was a pretty solid breakdown of Desna and Esco. Yeah, they do look pretty much exactly the same. Yes, so it was it was hard. Don't worry about it. So, Firelord Balrog. Uh, as we're wrapping this up with our last three characters, uh, just go ahead and dive into Hama. Okay. So next we have Hama like one of the scariest characters in the series yes the first series and she is like this random water vendor like i think like randomly put inside this fire inside the fire nation and it's, it was very interesting to like find a water vendor that like still existed in like around the area and okay. well we finally find out that she's evil <laughs> Yep. And she's horrifying and she's, you know, torturing people and capturing innocence and she's quite a mess. Yes. Very, very bent on revenge for the Water Tribe and very, you know, I feel like if, I feel like Jet and Hamel would make a great team, honestly. Both so bent on revenge against the Fire Nation. Jet with the hook swords, Hamel with the blood bending, they would make a very chaotic duo. Yeah. But, um, Hamel's very terrifying when we discover her evilness. And, yeah. uh, then we have an ultimate battle between Katara and Hama. That is a whole scene, but, uh, Owen, I mean, Farland Balrog, go ahead and just summarize that final battle when we discover Hama's true nature. Well, they start fighting because Katara realized that Hama is up to no good. And all of a sudden, um, Sokka and Aang, um, find out that she is, like, capturing Iron Nation innocents. And so they run up to find them. And, and then Hama starts making Sokka and Aang through bloodbending fight each other. And finally, Katara has to take up her hand and, you know, bloodbend Hama, basically. Yep. Because that's the only thing and, she could have done. And she was, she was not happy with that her actions. <laughs> like, she yeah. was... That was, I think, one of the most chaotic, unhappy endings of an episode in Avatar The Last Airbender. It ended with Katara sobbing because she didn't want to be a bloodbender. That was, that was just, that was just crazy and chaotic and It did make sad. a very good Halloween episode. Yes, I mean, it was, I can see why it was Halloween-y, but it was mostly just uh, a very scary, uh, kind of chaotic, torturous kind of thing. Which, yeah. that which i mean which was very fitting for a halloween episode but still it was just pretty great it was all over the place our next one is karima she was a a waterbender who taught kiyoshi uh this can be found in the kiyoshi novels and she was very just, just very um charismatic she was a great strategical waterbender she loved uh you know 
uh, using water to freeze large portions of areas of the ground to like make people slip. And uh, uh, together, her and Kiyoshi once bended the water out of an entire huge pond uh, at a at a palace. Uh, she she's just very charismatic, awesome, funny, cool kind of water bending character who taught Kiyoshi. And, and she's just she's just fun, right? She's just fun, and um, she she was a defy. She she was a criminal, but she was just very charismatic and fun. And she taught Kiyoshi this amazing water bending. Great, great, great master, by the way. Very underrated, I think. And um, yeah. So for our last character, go ahead, Fire Lord Balrog. Break down our last character, Varric. Okay, Varric is shown a lot, a lot in Legend of Korra. He is, I think, one of the main five five characters. Yeah, one of them. Yeah. He's, he's the, in the quote-unquote inner circle, yeah. Yeah. Um, at first, he seems kind of like a big jerk, who everyone is just, like, babysitting practically. And but later we see his you know, as I said before, character arc, where he goes from basically this kind of, I don't say weird necessarily, but I guess I'll use it, um, to this very, he, he got much smarter later and uses his knowledge for much better uses, I feel, yes. later on as the series goes on. Yes. Yeah. By the end of the show, he realized he, he starts using his skills for good, and he's, you know... Um, he's, he's just a very character developed. And then, uh, a big part of his arc as well is he starts treating Julie, like his, his assistant, like an actual human being. And after that happens, they just kind of fall for each other. And at the end of the Legend of Korra series, they get married. So, um, yeah, he just turns into a great character, much more considerate of others, uh, has a lot of more en- empathy by the uh, end of the Legend of Korra series. And, um, yeah, uh, that is all the time that we have for today. Um, you know, uh, that was our top 15 Water Tribe characters. Uh, we hope you like this one. Um, next week we are going to be doing a big theory. What if Azula was a bloodbender? Uh, that, that'll be, that'll be an interesting one. And that episode may be coming a little bit sooner than you are expecting because we have found the time to make it a little sooner than we usually do. So, uh, I am Mr. Boomerang. And I'm Farlord Balrog. And we hope you enjoyed this episode. We will see you, uh, in a few days in our next epic, awesome theory episode. So we hope you enjoyed this one and we can't wait to record the next one. Thank you.